Welcome to the Spiritually Expressed Human, a show where being spiritual means unleashing the badass within, and being human means listening to your heart's voice instead of the one in your head. Together, Susan will help you navigate the murky waters of life's emotional and spiritual experiences, those that likely caused you to live by someone else's directions, and find your true north so that you can become the spiritually expressed badass you are meant to be. Now here's your host, Susan Desenzi. Welcome back to another episode. Oh my God, you cannot believe how fucking excited I am to have this person in the house. Why? Because you already heard her on part one when I was on her show. And this is now part two. So we're going to check in and find out what's been going on and find out more about her and me and just like an amazing conversation we're going to have. So if you haven't already figured it out, I have Kim Sutton in the house. Whoop, whoop. Thank you, Kim, so much for being here, love. How are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. And I just shared with you, but I have to share with the listeners. I just did a Facebook Live that I ended up moving over to YouTube and I had my lunch in my teeth and I didn't even know it. (laughs) (laughs) But the message was so important that I just had to keep it live. Like I I was not going to redo it because, you know, I mean, as a podcaster, you know, like it just doesn't work the same way if you re-record because the message loses its spunk. Yeah, especially because you're thinking about, well, what did I say in that first that first time around? I got to try to capture that again. And then you're thinking too much. You're not being yourself. But you know, that's one of the reasons I love you, Kim, is you're just you. Oh, you thank you. A, a live up on YouTube or Facebook or wherever where you're just like, you got your food in your teeth. Who cares? I wish I could say that was the first one that had food in my teeth, but it was actually the second. <laughs> I need to put a big post-it on my monitor. Check your teeth. I was yeah. going to say something else. I'll yeah. just let you put the word in there. Check your teeth, dumbass. But no, it's perfect. All myself. So I use dumbass all the time. All right. Well, let me tell you guys a little bit about Kim, first of all, because I hope you, you listened to part one. If you didn't go back, it was about three episodes ago, right? I think it was episode three. So check out Kim and my episode on her podcast. If you haven't already figured it out, she's the host of Positive Productivity, an amazing podcast. But Kim is so much more than that. Of course, she's a wife and a mom and all those amazing things. But as a business mentor, Kim is the author. Now check this out. Of the forthcoming book, check out this title. I love this. When Kim first told me about it, I was like, yes, It's called Chronic Idea Disorder, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Overcoming Idea Overwhelm. How many of us have ever had one idea, then shiny object syndrome, another idea, and another, and another, and another, and we get so kind of lost in it that it becomes super overwhelming? How did you kind of come up with that, Kim? So I was in a Facebook group and I was just really struggling because I had all these ideas And I just need to share like one of the worst, I just did a video too about how to come up with ideas when when your idea tank is empty. (laughs) Okay. So I was sharing some of the techniques I use, but I don't do them on purpose. It's just a matter of life. And one of the ones that I shared was have sex. Okay. Okay. My husband has just come to understand that I cannot go straight to bed after sex because I probably got like 18 ideas and now my mind's all crazy. So do it early enough. So sex... So I apologize for interrupting you. You're saying sex spurs your creative idea? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Wow, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, it was 2015. I was struggling in my business because I had all these ideas. I was acting on all of them. I mean, I have heard of entrepreneurs whose GoDaddies are worse than mine. I have 30 domains and I think that's bad, but I know there's people (laughs) who have 200 or 2000 or, you know, a lot more than that. But I, I just kept on working on stuff that I wasn't passionate about. And my bank account just kept on getting more red. Okay. It's not just a matter of zero being red, but it's like negative hundred being maroon. And then, you know, it, it just was not pretty. So I was in a big Facebook group and I, I was just sitting here and this is just how it is. And I made a meme. Is that what you call it? I don't know. I guess I should ask my kids, but I said, 
and I just put it out there, chronic idea disorder, an uncurable condition resulting in a never-ending stream of entrepreneurial ideas. And I said, who else has this? And I mean, as I said, it was a huge group, like 100,000 people and the post just exploded. And I was like, oh, I'm on to something. So I was like, I need to write the book, you know, chronic idea disorder, because now I got to write the book about it. But I didn't even know how to take care of chronic idea disorder myself. So it's been a five-year journey of figuring that out. Yeah. And it's I been love that. fun. And I'm finally focused and I finally know which ideas need to be flushed when I think of them on the toilet and which can continue <laughs> with me out of the bathroom. All right. So now we have sex and we have ideas come on the toilet. I love it. But you know, that's the truth. Like, you know, we as kind of fully expressing who we are, we have to be honest about just where things come from, right? They come mm-hmm. on the toilet. They come after sex. They come during sex. They come before sex. They come while we're pooping. Like, who cares? Yeah. If if we're like, oh, I shouldn't, I that shouldn't be the case. And I shouldn't have that happen then. It's only supposed to happen when I'm trying to be creative. Then you're never going to create any kind of creativity or ideas of any kind, right? So I love that. Well, the other beautiful thing about you is that, you know, you can see this part of yourself and love that part of you and be okay with that, right? But there's another part of you as a marketing automation mentor, right? Who you got tired, like your own podcast started almost four years ago, back in October of 16, right? Because you got tired of being sleep deprived. You got tired of kind of chasing everybody else's successes. And is that kind of the point when you started the podcast that you then also came into kind of being this marketing automation mentor, which I'd love for you to explain like what that really even means. Cause like that just fucking goes over my head. I'm like marketing automation. Right. I don't even know what that means. Okay. So I'm going to tackle the first question first. Positive productivity was the result of chronic idea disorder. And I had no idea what it meant when it came out of my head and decided to start a podcast. Okay. (laughs) I started recording in April of 2016 and the podcast didn't launch until October. But in the meantime, I had a severe breakdown and this is not positive productivity, but it's very much part of my brand. I nearly killed myself because I was just so burnt out in my business. And I was so tired of all the crap. I was tired of being broke. I was tired of, you know, having all these ideas and not being able to monetize them because they were never finished. I mean, that's the biggest part there. I Mm -hmm. never occurred to me there. You can't monetize something that you haven't finished. Well, you, you can, and I've learned that now, but it's best to do it one at a time. And so positive productivity really didn't get its meaning like I know it today until late 2018, I would have to say, because 2018, I was in the hospital four times from stress-related stuff. And I was only admitted once, thank goodness, but I wasn't even 40 and I had all the classic symptoms of a heart attack. Really? Yeah. So I was in the hospital for five or six days a week before my 40th birthday. And, uh, and that was only the first time I was hospitalized that year. Well, not, I mean, I was in the ER three other times. I had a severe kidney infection. I had never had a kidney infection before. And then I had an ear infection that made my whole face swell up and then something else. I don't even remember, but it's insignificant then, but that's when I really started to figure it out that, okay, this type of working in stress, is it duress? I'm, I'm reading an awesome book about eustress versus distress. I don't know. I'm not the doctor here. Uh, you know, I, I realized this is not working for me. So I made a commitment to not even visit the ER or the outpatient care or anything mm-hmm. in 2019. I almost did it. I got another kidney infection when I was in a period of severe stress again. I hope to God that those are the only two kidney infections I ever get in my life. But I made decisions that I was going to be working my way out of that. I wasn't going to be doing, I was going to have to establish boundaries. I was going to have to learn my value and establish confidence, something that had eluded me for 40 plus years. And when I finally learned how to say no and started setting up my own systems, that's when the magic happened. And I think that's what positive productivity means. 
Wow. And so that's kind of when you stepped into finding that deeper purpose and passion to really work with others who were kind of broke, burned out, stressed out in their businesses to really help them feel empowered, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's been an interesting journey for me too, is knowing who my ideal client is, because I really want to I really want to support the broken and burnt out business owners so that they don't feel suicidal like I did. But on the flip side is the marketing automation. And that's getting all those systems set up on the background so you don't have to be tied to your desk 24-7. Oh my God. Like, you know, the hardest thing I think for me and stepping away from two full-time practices and a full-time job five years ago was that I had to shift, right? My whole mindset as far as reframe how I did business because before I just kind of opened a practice and I would go tell a couple of police chiefs and maybe one networking meeting with some medical professionals and say, hey, I'm here, I've opened a practice, how can I serve the community? And within months I'd be full. And now I have to look at all of those backend systems and all the supportive things that I need to put into place to kind of still do the work that I love to do and I'm passionate about, but from a totally different perspective. I was working online even five years ago, right? I'd started working online back in 2014 and I hadn't even left my practices yet. But to transition that then from just say like an online platform to then doing it completely from an entrepreneurial perspective on your own, looking at all those systems and all the support you need, has blown my fucking mind to smithereens. And there has been so many times I have felt so overwhelmed and I'm sure I'm not the only one. So I'm telling you all right now, if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, any kind of field where you're working for yourself, absolutely reach out to Kim. She can 1 million percent help you look at the areas that are not your strong suits and really help you dive in. I want to touch on, though, from part one. On part one, which happened on Positive Productivity Podcast, Kim and I had had this amazing conversation the day before to just like kind of catch up because we're friends and we periodically you know, talk to catch up. And it was just a really good conversation that kind of ended up with me just as a friend kind of coaching Kim through some stuff. And she's like, oh my God, this is so good. We got to record this. So we recorded an episode. I obviously, you guys have heard it on my show and I promised that we would do part two. And part two is really about finding out kind of what happened that day for you then after we got off, Kim? Like, how have things been going? What shifted or didn't shift for you? And I know I'm throwing two questions at you at once. How do you think that those issues that we talked about that day had been prevalent in your life before and you just didn't see it for yourself before until we talked that day? So I'm going to go with the last question first. I think that I did see the issues and I gave myself so much guilt nah. that I was weighing myself down so I couldn't move forward. Yeah. So, you know, I would, I would sit here and rather than acting on it, I would guilt myself into this feeling of just bleh, where I didn't, there's no word for that besides, bleh, yeah. you know, where I didn't want to move on it. So since then, and what has that been? two or three weeks now. Yeah. I mean, I, I have not, not worked out since we talked. Oh my God. That's awesome. Congrats. Except for that day that we did talk when I said I was going to go take a shower and exercise. <laughs> I absolutely didn't. But every single day since then, um, I've been sticking to my diet. When I say I'm going to do videos, I've been doing them. So as a result, like my YouTube views have tripled this month. My dog's wow. even excited. Wow. It's just all coming together. And I even I've been seeing course announcements coming out left and right. And there's this little part of me that's like, that's a magic ticket. You know, that would be awesome. And I've just been trying I'll watch webinars. This is what I've been doing these last couple of weeks while I've been working. I've been listening to training webinars. And then as soon as I know they're winding up for their pitch, this is so bad. I've been just closing out and then deleting the emails that come afterwards. Yeah. So I'm like, you and your consistency, Kim, that's all you need. Right. Another 
another program, another idea, another mm-hmm. part of the chronic idea disorder, right? Getting, well, really, it kind of distracts us because we start getting into what we think we need, right? Oh, I don't have the answers. I need this course, this outside person, this other thing to teach that to me. So I love hearing that you did know because I truthfully believe that everybody knows. I truthfully believe that everybody has the answers inside of them and knows what they are, but they get caught in their head and they get caught in the guilt or the shame or the victimhood or the past experiences or whatever it might be that they then believe is part of who they are and it defines them. Mm -hmm. And so I love hearing that because honestly, I don't think I did anything that day that you didn't already do, know, tell yourself, whatever. I think it was just that somehow my presence and our conversation gave you a, I don't know, maybe a permission to feel like it was okay to go there. Yeah. A permission to speak and safe place to speak, I think was the biggest thing. You yeah. know, the, the other thing that's really happened in the last couple of weeks is, and I know this is the case for entrepreneurs, especially is that when we give up on goals, often we're like 99.9% there, right? Yeah. So I've been riding the bike and going along. I don't have a Peloton bike, but I have the Peloton app. I just get, need to give them a shout out. You should really get a sponsorship from them. But um, <laughs> I've, been, I've been riding along to their trainers and there's that point where you just want to quit. You're like, I fucking had enough of this. I mean, my husband came out this morning and the guy that I'm watching, he's like, are you ready to take it up a notch? And I'm like, hell no. My husband <laughs> just starts laughing. And then I, I, go, I reach down and I turn the resistance up again. I don't have a Peloton bike, but I can still turn the resistance up. But previously, like before talking to you, I would have just been like, no, I'm, I don't want to do that. But there's such a sense of accomplishment of actually yeah. sticking to it and being able to say, oh yeah, I did it. So even just in the last three weeks, I've lost another eight pounds just because I'm not giving up on it. Oh my God. That's awesome. Congratulations. Oh my God. Well, so how do you think like throughout your life, you know, with some of the hospitalizations and some of the stresses and the burnout periods and the depressive periods where you felt like that's it, I'm done, game over. I'm, I'm done with this life. I don't want it no more. How do you think you kind of really learned even even with our conversation, to walk with all of that. Like, in other words, you can still be the person who sometimes has these thoughts and feelings. You can still be the person who's experienced all the shit you've experienced throughout your life. But that the difference now is you're not defining yourself by it so much. Like, doesn't mean you're never going to feel guilty or feel, you know, shame again or feel like, ah, I don't want to do that. Sometimes we can run on kind of a high in the beginning, right? Like we're super stoked and motivated, but something will happen three weeks from now, a month from now, six months, five years, where you might go a little bit more into that place again. What do you think is the difference now than it was maybe for you years ago where it kind of caused you to shut down or, or maybe even have to be hospitalized? So there was a, I was raised by divorced parents and on one side, I'm not going to, my parents are still alive. So to to respect them here, I'm not going to say who was who, but on one side, the motto was always don't burn bridges, you know? Yeah. Be respectful at all times. Keep your mouth shut. Just keep on moving forward. Do the best that you can do. And on the other side of the family, it was a bunch of hotheads still is a whole bunch of hotheads. Okay. But so there was always that juxtaposition of I can be a real hothead and piss people off all the time, or I can take the advice of don't burn bridges. I've never learned the happy medium. And that's how I, I mean, in my first marriage, I basically just kept my, my mouth shut all the time because I was following the don't burn bridges route. Mm-hmm. Right. So it wasn't until let's just be honest, like two years ago that I realized, okay, I don't need to go down one path or the other. I can make my own path in the middle. And when something's not working, I can say, hell no, this isn't working, but I don't need to be a total bitch about it. I have to say, I I rocked our marriage a little bit with my now husband when I started saying what I didn't like, because for five years plus, we were that like sickingly sweet couple who never fought. But I've 
both of us were just burying stuff inside because we didn't want to rock the boat. But when you bury stuff inside, you just become miserable. Yeah, exactly. So what led you then to decide to be more expressive in that I'm following my own path and I'm going to be able to speak these truths for myself and say what bothers me and what I don't like? I was tired of being a doormat. It was killing me, literally. Like emotionally, physically, financially, being a doormat was killing me. And I knew that if if anything was going to change, I had to change. So I wish I could say it happened overnight. It's still happening. Oh, sure. And, you know, that's the thing is that I think a lot of people think that there's some destination they reach, right? Like if I do all this self-help work, this self-improvement stuff, and I just, you know, study all these courses and all these quote-unquote gurus, which I've always disliked that term because like when you really break down that word guru, just look at the letters, G-U-R-U, G, you are you, just be you, right? Just you're your own guru. I, I know when, when I first would get clients, the very first session, they always came in feeling like they were broken and that they needed fixing and that I was this expert who was going to do that. And I would tell them in the first 10 to 15 minutes of our session, look, I'm not the expert. I don't have the answers. And they'd cock their head like a dog does, you know, like, huh? Like, but you're the licensed therapist and I'm coming to you for therapy. Of course you're the expert. And I'm like, look, I'm barely the expert of my life. What I do do is hold a space for you to learn how to help yourself. And I teach you how to do that. And that's why I, I love what you said in the beginning when you're like, you, you knew this because you did. You just had to kind of forge that new path for yourself that said, look, I can have these feelings and thoughts, but I don't have to be that person who feels that guilt that then stops me from doing all this stuff that I want to do. I can choose one day to not work out and not follow my diet and to not get all my shit done, but it'll be my choice. It won't be because I feel some kind of way that's telling me I'm supposed to this, that, or the other, right? Right. So I love that you recognize that for yourself. Do you think it's easier now, even just based on the last many years, and then even just the last few weeks, do you think it's easier now to kind of combat the shit that, that might creep into your head periodically, or has nothing kind of crept in yet? Well, yeah, it's crept in. Like Saturday, a, a few days ago, I was feeling like my legs were just on fire and I really just wanted to skip. But I gave up, I smoked for 20 years and I gave it up a number of years back. And I was just thinking back to when I quit smoking and I would get through a week, you know, of not, and then I would slip and how bad I would feel for slipping. And I was looking at my calendar and all the check marks of all the days I had worked out. And there was just this, finally, it wasn't the devil on my shoulder. It was the angel on my shoulder saying, do you really want to give that up? Nice. And then with the added, get your ass on the bike and keep on going. Nice. Yeah. Just look at how different that voice can be with just the subtle little reframes of your own thoughts that were always there. You just had to give yourself permission to say, hey, I, I will change kind of that thought. And, you know, the thing that, that kills me is like, I know in my field, a lot of times people are like, oh, you can just, you know, barrel through, suck it up, big boy or big girl, pull your panties up and put your boots on and just forge ahead. The problem, like you said, though, with your husband is you're just burying stuff. You're just shoving it back on a shelf and you can learn to walk with it so that you're not defined by it. It's still a part of who you are, right? I love that. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode has been brought to you by our sponsor, True Visionaries Incorporated, an organization dedicated to helping you become a true visionary of your own life. If you're dealing with any kind of stress day-to-day or stress related to the pandemic, then go to www.susandesenzi.com forward slash stress toolkit to download your free stress toolkit guide. Thanks so much for listening. Now back to the show. So what do you think is different now in the last few weeks for you with your business? Because I remember you telling me 
that you had this chart that you do that you give yourself points for all these activities, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that one of your goals had been to have a 250 point week. And up to that point, you hadn't quite met that at any point yet, right? Right. Never. And I had been doing it for over a year. Over a year. Wow. Yeah. Have you done it in the last few weeks yet? Oh, I got a 250 point week that ended last week. And I looked before we hopped on here today. I'm already at 150 four days in. So I have three more days to get another 30 points a day. So I, yeah, this is going to be another one. But I just want to let you know, when when you were on Positive Productivity, I talked about going to get a massage as a reward for a 250-point week. I was going to ask about that. So I've decided I'm going to reallocate the massage money towards a real Peloton. <gasps> no way. Yeah. So I'm just going to have a Peloton jar and put that, you know, $40, $50 that it would be for a massage yeah, or more, <laughs> you know, I'll get my Peloton really fast that way. Well, how expensive are Pelotons? Are they pricey? Oh my gosh. They're like $3,000. Yeah. Oh my God. So wait, how much are you doing? Like 50 bucks a week? How much does a mas massage cost? Oh, like, I don't know. Usually I think they're like 70, 80, 90 bucks. Okay. We'll do 75. 75. So like 300 a month. Yeah. In 10 months, you'd have a Peloton. Yeah. That's totally doable. Yeah. What a sweet goal. But I also realized that with the things I'm doing, I mean, and this is something that you as an entrepreneur probably understand this because I've gone through it. I don't think I know of an entrepreneur who hasn't. We forget that we are not employees of our business. Our business is not going to go out and be visible on its own. We have to go out and do this. Yeah. So part of my point earning is getting out there and being visible and sharing my message and inspiring and teaching and all of that. And I also realized that if I'm consistently doing this, then the leads should come in. The clients should come in. And that Peloton's going to pay for itself a lot faster than 10 months out if I stick to these 250 point weeks. Oh, that's true. Yes. I, the duh. I, I was thinking yeah. that you had set it up that it was only going to be based off that kind of money that you were allocating for the reward. But yeah, true. Like, yeah. see, and that's the thing that everything builds upon everything else. And so, like, if you know, we're doing the right things. Okay, well, explain. Cleaning out your inbox is not going to build on itself because it's just going to fill itself back up for tomorrow. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Right? Scrolling on social media is not is not doing anything that's going to stack on itself. It's the posting. It's the content creation. It's getting visible and sharing your message, getting blog articles out there, being on podcasts, whether it's your own or somebody else's, you know, getting out to networking groups when we're not, you know, in lockdown. But those are the activities that will stack. It's those little squandering activities. In 2015, I was in 180 Facebook groups. I swore that that's where I was going to get my next lead. So I spent all day scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I'll wow. tell you, I got one client who was a total nutcase. <laughs> a total nutcase. And I don't know how many Facebook groups I'm in now because I've turned, I mean, I have my own and I have a, I have a few of my own and I've actually just turned off notifications for all of them. It's wow. part of my day where I'll go into my groups and post, but I'm not waiting for the notifications and emergencies of others to run my day anymore. Right. That's real positive productivity. I mean, you yeah. are really setting the stage for yourself to kind of lay out that track that says during this time and this time I do this. And, and, and you know what? I am so guilty of that. Oh my God. Like this is my home office. I'm sitting in front of my computer as we're recording this and talking. And if I didn't have anything to do after we were done, then I would jump and I would look at emails and then I would probably look at Facebook notifications and I would see if there's anything important. What a reminder to myself to set my day up differently so that I block myself off to do these activities that are really going to further me and keep me very positively productive. And then I can still use like scrolling and Facebook and other stuff for business, but I can also do it a little bit more at a leisure where it's not interfering, right? That's what you're saying? Absolutely. Have I told you about 
PPAs, prioritize purposeful actions. No, what All is right. that? Sorry, I got to move my chair for a second. It's going to sound like I fart, but it's not. It's just my chair, like final. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> but, care even if you did. We're so down to earth and relaxed okay. here. You know yeah. that. My butt was falling asleep. I had to move. Um, so I, a year or so ago, my sister was working with me and I don't know why I brought that up, but we had made some GSD sheets. Uh, get shit done google docs oh i one. love it all right okay so we had the the one for inside my business and we had the one for clients and this is what i was supposed to be working off of. but what i found was that get shit done lists were magnets for everything and anything mm. so cleaning out email everything and every anything like including the 90 percent of activities i shouldn't have even been working on okay so i told you ideas come in the shower for me or in the bathroom. I was standing in the shower one day, just washing my hair. And, and I heard, and I know some people are going to think this is crazy, but I know you won't. I heard, Kim, I didn't put you on this earth to get shit done. God says shit, just so you know. I love that. Oh, totally so, he does. Yes. <laughs> he says, I put you here to take prioritized purposeful action to rename those docs now. Wow. So I finished washing up. I went and renamed the doc and immediately they cleaned themselves. Like, no, it wasn't like a miracle. Like I had to clean them out. But is this a prioritized purposeful action? Is this action going to have any lasting impact on my business? Yeah. No. Then it doesn't belong on this on this list. So am I okay then? Oh my God, you guys listening are just going to probably cringe at this if you get it. But like if you're an entrepreneur and you rely on email, you're going to totally laugh at me and get this. And Kim, you're going to be like, oh my God. So am I technically okay then having like 114,000 emails in just my Gmail? Is that okay? No, actually there's an episode and now you can get a ping back over to him. But Pat Flynn had an episode about how they deleted his inbox and started fresh. Oh, wow. Does that scare you? It does because I know there's some of those 114,000 emails that I probably still need. So what you need to do is make a list of any ones that would be good to just delete. Like when you see, I'm just pulling this name out of thin air, Wayfair, like okay. furniture company. Okay. Yeah. Type in Wayfair. If you're on Gmail, delete all. Oh, Old right. Navy, yeah. delete yeah. all. Just yeah. start pairing it out because a hundred and a hundred thousand emails holy crap <laughs> no so uh one of our mutual connections debbie adea and i like we started probably three months ago now we have a good better best weekly system okay. so every single day we have good better best goals in five different areas spiritual financial business body and then i have family okay Debbie doesn't have like the zoo of children that I do. So I have a good, better, and best goal for each of those categories. Okay. And, you know, that's it. I don't look at anything besides that. And I will tell you that email is not in good, better, or best for any of that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't look at my inbox until noon. But, but 114,000 is obviously a little too much. So I, I really ought to like, spend some time where I have some quote unquote free time that's not cutting into my workday and my productivity level to really start clearing that out. What, it, what I know kind of helped a little bit is that my husband, being the network engineer that he is, tied my Gmail account to my business Outlook account. And so then I could just go in really easily into Outlook and instead of typing in Gmail, like you just said, like Wayfair or whatever, I could just pop it open by name mm -hmm. and then just go delete, delete. And so I've been doing that for a couple of months now here and there. Because at one point, girl, I had like 120,000. Yeah, I don't, don't click the individual checkboxes. Okay, let me, yeah. let me ask you, how many courses have you bought in your entrepreneurial journey that you have not yet gone through? Oh man, I'm not a huge course buyer and workshop junkie, but there's been I bought I bought probably I don't know I'd have to think about it, but but let's say as a fair probably number I've bought probably ten, and of that, there's probably been five or six that I've never completed or fully gone through, 
And probably a couple of those I've never even looked at. Okay. So you're on a spending freeze effective immediately? Yes, ma'am. And that <laughs> means that you don't need to click the check boxes. When it comes into your inbox, just yeah. delete it. Right. So I know what my focus is for this next year. And I know who's out there that offers the programs that are in line with that. Yeah. And that's all that's on. And I know those launches aren't until next year, like a good 12 months out because I missed this year. Yeah. But I'm not going to spend money on anything else in the meantime. So it's really easy just to go click, 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 click. Your inbox should not be your final. Yeah, right. That makes total sense. I love that because I, I just, I don't know, over time when I first started my Gmail account, it just, I don't know. I just started letting things pile up and I didn't delete and then it built up more and then it felt overwhelming. And then, you know, and, but that's really kind of a metaphor for what happens, I think, in our lives, right? You know, like when we get caught in the head trash and the past experiences and all this stuff. And, and when we're not fully expressing, right? So, you know, I'd love to dive into that for a second. Like, first of all, I'd love to ask you, you said, you know, God says shit, right? What does spirituality mean to you? Because like the whole idea behind the show, it's not that we're sitting there in the lotus position, lighting candles and incense and saying, oh, all damn day, right? Spirituality becoming a fully expressed spiritual badass is whatever it means to each and every individual person, right? So I'm curious, what does spiritual or spiritually expressed even mean to you? I am minuscule here, right? Like I am minuscule and there is a greater power. And for me, I'm Christian and I believe in God, but I'm also touch woo woo. Okay. Like, I I don't know if that's offensive, but no, you know, law of attraction and secret and manifestation. Mm. And I don't know a thing about chakras. I'm looking for somebody to come on my podcast and talk about chakras. Mm. I just need to put that out there because I am clueless, but I do believe that there's a higher power that has a purpose. And for me, it's God. And that's actually a big shift in this last year for me as well. And I have a post-it just above my monitor and it says work as though for God, because Mm. I realized I was half-assing my work for Mm -hmm. me, for, well, for me, for clients, I was all about the hundred percent, but for me, I was, I was not, but I was also, when you're in chronic idea disorder in this real state, you're jumping all over and you're not focused. That's not as, if God were jumping all over when he was putting the earth together in seven days or six days, and then he took a day off. Yeah. We'd probably have one nostril and you know, our leg would be sticking out of our <laughs> neck or something. So just think about if you were God, would you be working like you are right now? Would you be all over the place? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to like the clutter, the clutter in our business, the clutter in our life in my very, in my marriage vows. Okay. I don't think I've ever shared this with you. We wrote our own. My husband wrote his vows and it was simply V O W E S written on a sheet of paper. He wrote vows wrong. Okay. He misspelled it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And, but in my vows, I promised to get rid of clutter. My, my parents were both clutter people. Okay. But now the role has flipped and my husband won't let stuff go. So I've been going through because I've realized that physical clutter causes emotional clutter and I just need to get the shit out of here. So every Saturday, I don't like to encourage weekend working at all. I don't do client work on weekends, period, Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. I used to. I gave up so much family time to do client work. But now every weekend I clean out my downloads folder. I don't even want to know what your downloads folder looks like, Susan. I clean out my downloads <laughs> folder. I um I go into QuickBooks and I approve transactions for the week because I have rules set up in QuickBooks that we're, we'll assign them. So at the end of the year, it's going to take me 10 minutes to do that week's, that current week's accounting sign off and my taxes will be ready in as long as H&R Block takes to do them. Because oh my God, I so need you, Kim. 
No, this is stuff that you could totally be setting up yourself. But I've been going through my house and I, I carry around garbage bags in my pockets. People don't see them and I hide them really well. But I've been throwing out loot crate boxes. Yes, guys, they're empty. I'm not throwing out any like prize positions of my husband's. Throwing out toys that I know haven't seen the light of day in years. Yeah. Just... I've thrown out furniture from my first marriage. That was huge. Getting rid of the last piece of furniture. Now there's a few straggling bath towels that need to go. Those might have to be burned soon. (laughs) (laughs) Have a big ceremony, right? Absolutely. But it's physical clutter. And when we can let go of that physical clutter. But that every weekend, it takes me maybe an hour. And I clean out my computer. I, I take care of the accounting. And I set myself up for the next week. You know, and that's so interesting because, you know, physical clutter absolutely can create emotional clutter and vice versa. There can be a lot of emotional clutter that can create physical clutter. And when you see like somebody who is diagnosed as being like a hoarder, right? There are a lot of emotional things that are going on for them. And one of the reasons why they have such a hard time letting go of some of these possessions when like, like if they were doing the show, right? Like there used to be a hoarder show that I'd catch a couple episodes once in a great while. And the therapist who would come, who specialized in in hoarding, would be very conscious and very compassionate about working with that person to really not push them like, oh, come on, you don't need this. Let's just throw it away. No, it was like, okay, well, we'll just leave it out here in the pile to save. Even though they knew they would ultimately come to that place on their own to get rid of it because it's just literally garbage or junk, but they couldn't force them. And I think that the, the same holds true for us in our lives, whether we're entrepreneurs or we're you know, in relationships or you know, whether we're you know, a stay-at-home mom or dad and like we don't have to be an entrepreneur to have these things get in our way and stop us from living the full expression of who we are, or who we choose to be, if we're getting caught up in some of that clutter, right? Whether it's oh, physical, yeah. spiritual, emotional, even financial clutter. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, this is like a perfect example. A couple of months ago, or maybe not even, maybe about a month ago, I sat down. And, and I don't know how this got past me, to be honest, but I sat down and I looked at all the things as an entrepreneur I'm paying for per month and realized there was probably $150 a month that I was just like, poof, give me a lighter, let's set it on fire, that it was with like a some service or program or something that I no longer use or need. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't stayed on top of that. Yeah, but... I got to tell you, 150 a month, it's pretty good compared to what I've heard from other people. I mean, I, I think when I finally did that, I was somewhere like 400, 450 a month and things that I shouldn't have been paying for. Wow. So I just want to put this out there. Like I, I read this book called Profit First earlier this year. Mike Michalowicz, have you heard of it? No. And he wants, if, you're, if your business income is under 250000 a year, he wants you to uh, be spending no more than 25% of your business income on operating expenses. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. I, I dare you to go check. <laughs> All right. What's last, I wrote it. Profit first. What's his last name? Mike what? Michalowicz, M-I-C-H-A. I'll get it to you for the show notes. But let me tell you. So many people, and me included, and I'm not a profit first expert. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a bookkeeper. Both of my parents were accountants, and I vowed that was the last job I ever wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't. I bet you didn't spell vowed wrong then, for sure. No, no, yeah. I certainly. That was my husband. Yeah. That. No, I know. So, I know. So I start. I created a Google spreadsheet just for myself, like, and I don't share this with anybody. But I, I created one for myself, and I looked at what my top line revenue was, and I looked and I was spending 74% of my income on operating expenses Wow! instead of paying myself. You know, and we can translate that to kind of the emotional stuff too, right? And how we can spend 74% of our emotional bandwidth, our emotional expression, our emotional skills, tools, coping mechanisms, whatever, and have it be focused in 
the unhealthier places. And, 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 and you'll all notice I didn't say wrong because there's no right or wrong here, right? This is whoever you are and what is valuable and important to you. And at the same time, though, it's about what works in the best and highest way for you to be the best and highest version. All right, so another couple of quick questions as we're coming closer to the end of our time together, which makes me sad. How have things, if at all, shifted with you and your husband in just the last few weeks since we connected the first time and it became kind of like a like an impromptu coaching thing? I don't know if I want to admit how things have changed between me and my husband. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that, Miss Kim? Oh, they've changed very much for the better, and I could use some more sleep. There we go. I love that. You know, it's just if yeah. Leave it at that. Yeah. If you had a piece of advice from your amazing expertise and all the experiences that you've been through, let's put it like this. If you had a younger you who you wanted to give a piece of advice to that could have, and I'll explain this in a second, could have avoided a lot of this stuff, what do you think she would have wanted to know from you now today in order to avoid some of this? And I'm only saying it that way because, yes, everything we've been through and experienced makes us who we are today, and it's beautiful. And we ought to never regret any of it. We ought to be grateful for all of that because it makes us the rich person that we are today. And at the same time, though, if there's somebody out there listening who is in your position previously and would benefit from something that your experience and expertise could offer up to them, what would they need to hear? So I honestly, while you were asking that question, I just went over to uh, Google and I, I wanted to look up the definition of wallflower, but because I would say, stop being a wallflower, speak oh, up. Yeah. I was just trying to blend in and not be noticed, but I have a, I have a story. I have a mission. I have a vision. I have a purpose. And if I'm going to just try to blend in with everybody else, it's not going to get out there. Why do you think you were afraid to be seen? Why did you not want to be noticed? I think that actually all went back to middle school. I was just bullied. And I, yeah. to escape the bullying, I would stand back and never go into the light because I didn't want people picking on me. Yeah. So, and I just carried that forward for another 30 years with, I, I think that's who I would go and, and talk to is that girl, that 14 year old girl who's hiding because she doesn't want to be bullied. Uh, well, I'd love to offer up a little tip on how to do that really easy. Even if you kind of already know how to do that, just close your eyes at some point when you get five minutes, even you don't have to make this an hour long process or you can, if you want, right. But five minutes Close your eyes. Imagine a campfire of that's unconditional love and acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. And allow her, invite her and see if she appears. If she appears in the light of the fire, then she's there consciously and through the ether, right? Through the spiritual connectedness of the oneness that you and she are, she's there to listen and to hear and maybe to say what needs to be said, right? Invite her. Sit down with her, hold her hands, look her in the eyes, tell her everything you would want to tell her, apologize, ask for forgiveness, whatever you might need, right? Mm -hmm. And then offer her a resource, a few resources, whether you give it to her as like a balloon or a flower, whatever your, or, or, you know, a fragrance, whatever your preference is, and then just meld together knowing that you can't actually change the past. You were obviously bullied in real life, but it will change the way your mind and your brain, that younger you, now hold on to it as you allow yourselves to meld together. Simple process that you and anybody listening can do to speak to your younger self and feel that integration because 99% of the time, our younger us's are the ones that are driving all these buses. Yeah. 
and we don't even realize it. Yeah. What would you say for those listening as you stepped into the amazingness that you are? What would you say to all of the people who want to become more fully themselves and not be that wallflower if they're having a hard time doing that? So I held back for too long because I was more concerned about making everybody happy. And the moment that I realized you're not for everybody, some people are going to love you. Some people are going to hate you. Some people are just going to be, you know, that's when I started being able to do it. So I've gone through the death threats and I'm still alive. (laughs) I'm not worried about it. (laughs) So, you know, stop worrying about everybody. You know why you're here. Speak it. Nobody might be listening right now, but they might be listening tomorrow. Oh, God, that's so beautiful, Kim. And that holds true over every area of your life, not just in business or as an entrepreneur. Like if you're in a relationship, you're not happy and it's not healthy, get out. Mm-hmm. You'll find love again as yeah. it, it, when you learn to step into loving yourself. In business, same thing. If you're following someone else's path, follow your own. Yeah. Beautiful. If people wanted, and I like highly recommend that if you're in need of some of the support and these systems to really move your business forward, please reach out to Kim. How would they get in touch with you, Kim? Yeah, the best place to go is thekimsutton.com. And as long as I didn't take it down and just forgot that I did it, there's a freebies link in the navigation bar and you can go and there's a whole bunch of freebies there that you can get. Oh, I love it. And they can see you on YouTube too, right? Yeah. All my social media links are right there on my homepage. Uh, my YouTube channel is growing. I've got my Facebook page and a Facebook group, Positive Productivity. Just look that up. Yeah. Instagram, Twitter. I Find love me it. online. Check it out. It'll all be in the show notes. It's again, www.thekimsutton.com. All these links will be in the show notes. Check out Positive Productivity, her podcast, which is absolutely utterly amazing. I can't wait to have you on again, Kim. And we're going to keep checking in with each other, you know, like we're friends. So we're going to talk anyway, but like far as like on the podcast, because I think you are the epitome of someone who was in that very dark place who could have gone down that path and you didn't. You listened to that internal voice and now look what's happened. You're right. You're becoming the the, the next best, better, good version of you every day. And I think that's what we all strive for. So thank you so much for being here. It's been such an honor and so much fun having you here. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening to another dynamic episode. Check out susandesenzi.com where you can contact me. I'd love to hear your feedback. You can grab a free gift. For now, be safe. Be well, live free, shine bright. I'll see you guys next week. Ciao for now. You've been listening to The Spiritually Expressed Human, where conformity is not an option, getting out of the box is critical, and spiritually expressed means becoming the badass of your life while attaining freedom and inner peace. If you're ready to start that process, go to susandesenzi.com and click on the free gift tab to get started. You can also get the link in the show notes. Thank you for being here. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on your platform of choice. Until next time, be the spiritually expressed badass you are meant to be.